up, y'all? It's Cartier, and welcome back to Cart and Friends Make a Liddy Podcast, where I sit down with amazing people and pick their brains, trying to find some inspiration in their lives and in their stories. This time around, I sat down with Mark, the artist. We talked about how the pandemic caused him to evolve his art, and we even got a little deeper than that. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. (laughs) My name is Mark, the artist. I'm an artist. Um, You know, in all facets, I try and keep my hand in every creative pot possible. But yeah, I am um, out here currently doing visual art, photography, painting, um, graphic design, and most recently, apparel design. Hoodies through the winter, and now that it's warming up, I'm going to start doing crop tops and tees, so look out for those. Yes, I want to get my body right so that I can rock a crop top. You better throw a crop top on immediately. (laughs) You got it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll throw it immediately on and walk to the fridge, but I don't know about going outside or anything like that. That'll work. <laughs> but um, welcome. I'm very glad that you are here. And the first thing that we always do is talk about um, something that we like, like something that brought you joy recently. So I'll go first. It's always something okay. different. It's always something different, by the way. Like it can be a song. I've talked about food. I've talked about a show. I've talked about literally anything that I was just like, oh yeah, I like that this week or this whatever. Um, this week I have chosen, I discovered a section of YouTube where they talk about plastic surgery and they like give you like all these celebrities and stuff. And then they like analyze what plastic surgery procedures they might have gotten done. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. I just randomly saw one video and uh, next thing I know, I watched like 11 videos of like all these different celebrities and influencers and stuff and like what they may have gotten done and like how they look, how they looked at first and like how they look now and all that type of stuff. And I don't know. It's interesting. I I don't know. It just, that's something that brought me joy. Wait, who what? did you see? Like, who did you, who was featured? Should I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally everybody, like, literally everybody. Like I mean, Beyonce? They did have some alleged procedures that Beyonce may or may not have gotten done. And, you know, I believe that oh, Beyonce, no. <laughs> I believe that Beyonce has always been just the perfect. <laughs> person (laughs) she's been broken yeah so yeah i don't know how valid those those claims are but some of the other videos i could see like a lot of people get the little get this thing where they lift their eyebrows and like you can't tell when you just look Mm -hmm. at somebody but then when you look at an old picture and you look now they have like way more space and like way more of a like cat eye look it's subtle you know i think that's a popular one yeah a little filler Mm -hmm. a little filler here a little lift there. I mean, you gotta stay up. How do you feel about like plastic surgery? Like, would you ever get anything done, or do you believe that it's like something that's taboo or frowned upon? Or what? you know what? I wouldn't be opposed to a little filler. You feel me? But generally, under the knife, if it can't be done via laser, I don't know. I, you know, I right. don't know. Like, if you gotta be put to sleep, it's like right. All right. 
now we're getting into some like territory that's like I don't know if I want to. It's a little deep. It's a little deep at that point. Mm-hmm. But you know, a little laser um surgery. Why not? A little uh peel or lift or something. Yeah. Rich people have really good skin, and I know that they got something that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So wait, what about you? Recently, I um acquired an air fryer. Oh. And it's been bringing me joy. Let me tell you, <laughs> this air fryer has been bringing me many a joy. I literally throw everything in there. The air fryers are like have become like the stuff of legend. Like lately. Yeah. I have not yet got an air fryer, but I see the 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 recipes like all over my timeline and like everybody's like the air fryer, the air fryer. So wait, what is the best thing that you've made so far? Or maybe like something unexpected that you didn't think okay, was gonna here's the thing. I've only used it for leftovers thus far. I haven't actually made anything yet. But wait, what, I do, what do you mean by that? Like what okay. do you mean? So first of all, the best thing about the air fryer is it reheats literally anything to perfection. Okay. Contrary to one of my prior tweets where I was like, there's no possible way to heat up a burrito, you know, an old burrito to perfection. Well, baby. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that you can get a burrito and then the next day heat it back up to like what it was? Better, better. It becomes a chimichanga. Wow. Not only that, but take your day-old McDonald's fries, throw them, throw them motherfuckers in the air fryer. No, babe. you're lying. <laughs> Not McDonald's fries. It brings them back from the dead. You have from to eat day. McDonald's fries within the first like five minutes of ordering them. Mm. So I know that there's no way that you can reheat prior them. In there. Prior to the fryer. <laughs> wow. Okay, that brought yeah, me so joy, and I didn't even <laughs> taste it. <laughs> it revolutionized leftovers to me. So so to answer your question, I have not cooked anything yet, but the reheat is clutch. Let's move on to some hot topics. Hot topics. Do you know, um, like, thing one and thing two? And like From the Doctor cat, Who? Yeah, and like the cat in the hat and, like, Green eggs and ham. <laughs> yes, my childhood. I, I really liked um, one. Wait, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Do you know that one? Yeah, but mostly from Don't Be a Menace. Oh, wait, that was in Don't Be a Menace. Red fish, blue fish, one fish, two fish, knick knack, patty whack, give dog a boom. <laughs> <laughs> 2000, zero, zero, ooh, out of time. My book is moving fine. Now I got to go back and watch Don't Be a Menace. But ooh, I also that. know Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we all know Dr. Seuss. Well, which one was your favorite one? Mm-hmm. Like I said, Redfish to Bluefish was mine, and I used to do the little... And start rapping it. Yeah, I used <laughs> to put a beat to Yeah, you know, <laughs> and start saying it. I feel like he was like one of the early rappers, you know? But... I don't know. Damn near. I don't like. I haven't memorized all of them, but I remember reading "Go Dog Go" like the most when I was a kid. Okay. Go Dog Go, and um, and definitely Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah, everybody know Green Eggs and Ham. He did not want them eggs. Mm-hmm. He did not want them like no, he, under any condition. Not green. 
Mm-mm. <laughs> Not in a bus. Like, I bring it up because apparently, like, Dr. Seuss is this, like, racist, anti-Semitic, like, <laughs> super politically incorrect guy. <laughs> oh my God. They just come, they're coming out the woodwork. It's like one right after the other. Apparently, the Dr. Seuss Corporation came out unprovoked. They just was like, you know, this is something we need to do. We're going to come out and we're going to let y'all know that about, we checked like 42 of our books and out of the 42, 39 were like racist and offensive. So we're going to just, we're just going to pull about six of these that were just super racist. We're just going to pull them. You can't order them anymore. We just have to do this because we don't want to stand for any of these like racist things. So it caused a lot of discussion. I mean, like, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. People were like, oh. I mean, because then it brought up the fact that like he's he's illustrated like racist little comics and stuff in the past, and like apparently he was like really anti-Semitic, and he had like stuff about Chinese people that was like problematic, and stuff about black people likening them to like animals in a zoo and stuff like that. So it's really problematic stuff. But people were like, some people were like, well, just pulling these six books and still supporting the rest of the books. I mean, we're still supporting a racist. And other people were like, well, you know. He's dead and now his company is just trying to, you know, keep his stuff alive, but you know, they want to change, you know, what they stand for. So like, what do you think about this whole situation? Listen, <laughs> if people are still, if people, so I hadn't heard about the situation and I don't mm. know where the fuck I've been, but um, I feel like it's a good, if, if there are actual illustrations, I don't recall any like, super racist passages but i'm sure they're there and i've seen it, i saw there, a couple i think it's good on but how do you feel about still mm-hmm. supporting his other books when you know he's like somebody that stood for i guess bullshit well uh, <laughs> it's hard you know because <laughs> Because at the end of the day, they're books that we've all grown up on. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, it's hard. Are we going to start going through and eradicating? Well, I mean, I guess that's what it takes to start going through and eradicating like every trace of, um, of like prejudice from mainstream, right? From mainstream America. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what's happening with like this Space Jam. Space Jam's coming back and they're getting rid of Pepe Le Pew and... That's what I was going to talk about. You segued for me. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing this whole thing with Space Jam where they're changing the image of Lola and removing Pepe Le Pew. And I didn't really, I didn't realize how va-va-boom Lola was until like the old school Lola until like this whole thing was brought up or whatever. I mean, I remember she was like a bad bitch or whatever when I was a little kid. It's just like, it was like, oh, Lola, yeah, you know, but I didn't think that she was like, I guess I didn't realize how sexualized it was as a child or whatever. But like, what do you think about like just this whole effort to I like- think why Lola? Like there are tons and tons of I'm, mainstream cartoons. There's tons of cartoons and tons of images that could be perceived as over-sexualized, especially when it comes to the way that we illustrate women. But covering up Lola Bunny, to me, sends a very mixed message that says that it's somehow Lola... I mean, it co- coinciding with how they got rid of Pepe Le Pew, 
the message that it says to me is that Lola Bunny is too over-sexualized, which is why, which is why Pepe Le Pew has this like rapey image. I don't know. It's because they're doing it in the same film and at the same time, it's sort of saying- It feels like her look can be related to their behavior. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. I feel you. I feel you. And I believe that, yeah, people should be able to, like, yeah, her look has nothing to do with anybody's behavior towards her. And that, that is kind of a mixed message, but I never thought about it before. Because, like, some women, some women do present themselves yeah. in a sultry way. Some women don't. And mm -hmm. that, that doesn't matter in terms of, like, how they should be able to, like, move, navigate the world or whatever. Absolutely. They should have the right to represent themselves however they want and not be perceived as over-sexualized. Look at Lola being a, a topic. Yeah. <laughs> she a pioneer. I want to talk about you now. So first, like, let's talk about what we all have to talk about. We know that everybody's like been dealing with the pandemic and like it's been hard for creatives. It's been hard for really everybody. You being an artist, like what things did you experience during the pandemic? What was it like for you now that we're kind of towards a different part of it, you know? Right. Definitely in the beginning, you started to see a lot of events that were pending and then getting canceled. Mm -hmm. And I think as artists, a lot of our business and progression comes from networking. And so there was sort of like this different, there, there was like this shift in the way that we were like networking was the first thing I noticed. Mm -hmm. um, events were not happening. I had like art shows, by the way, that were canceled Damn. due to the pandemic. So that was scary. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, so just not being able to be in public, I think, was a large uh, hindrance. When things moved on, like what, what, how did you have to like adjust? Or like, what steps did you take? Or like, what did you see? Like, what wasn't working for you anymore? Or like, you know? Um, well, mainly photography, um, because we were supposed to be socially distanced. I'm so used to working with like, in close proximity with people. Mm. Um, and I think people were more reluctant to sort of go out and do projects um, because of the health risks. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started to, so for me, it became more about visual art. Um, I sort of leaned more into drawing, graphic design, and that's actually how apparel design uh, came about, was me trying oh, that's to make tight. more money. Yeah. So it kind of like, myself. it kind of shifted you into like a different lane that I'm sure it was something that you were still passionate about, but like you kind of pivoted your main like focus. Mm -hmm. This is okay. where I started to focus most of my energy. Um, so shifting, I guess, really is what it's about being able to shift with the times and the situations to adapt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, now the vaccine is here and a lot of people have already received the vaccine. A lot of people are already like ready to get it and are moving amongst people. And some people are also like hella scared to get the vaccine because of, I guess, things like Tuskegee and other times with, 
maybe America might have like done some untrustworthy shit. (laughs) But how do you feel about getting the vaccine? And like, are you gonna get it? Or like, are you gonna wait until maybe there's some more information? Well, until you see more people get it or? Yeah, I definitely wanna wait. It's just, I, from jump, something has been off about this entire pandemic. Um, and call, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> I just think the government has way more of a hand in this than we know. And offering everybody this random vaccine after a year, I don't know. It's just the timing feels weird. And that's based off of absolutely no educational uh, reference. It's just my own gut feeling. Now, my dad is getting the vaccine. Actually, he's getting it today. Um, other like people in my family have gotten it and different people that I know, and they seem fine. Like there's nothing like, you know, nothing wrong or happening to them. So I haven't seen anything. Like, I don't want to put any information out there that makes people think that they've like, that I've seen people like get the vaccine and like have health risks or have problems. Mm-hmm. Word, word on the street is that if you want to go out and if you want to start doing certain things, there's going to be like, you're going to have to like possibly show proof that you got the vaccine or different things like that, because you can, you can, you can not have a mask on and after you got the vaccine and you can like be amongst people and like, you might have limited access to things if you don't get the vaccine. So that's something to think about too, I guess. I think that that more than anything reiterates my point, which is that I think they're trying to force people into getting this vaccine because there's some sort of necessity that the Mm. government needs for all of these people to have this injected into their body. It's weird. It's weird to me. I think you have a right to be skeptical about like what you put inside your body. So yeah, the pandemic definitely is something that we had to deal with. And it sounds like you were able to shift and go with the flow and like find out what works for you. And that's pretty clean. And I'm still trying, like, it's a, it's still a process, even a year into it, you know, I'm still trying to get my foot in, but it's, it's part of the process. You want to play a game? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I have some questions and I'm going to like rapid fire some questions at you as fast as you can, as quick as you can. Just give an answer. (laughs) Oh my God. Why did I smoke? Oh no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I smoked too, so. We should be in the same. We should be. We should be good. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Dramatic music inserted here. (laughs) Okay. When was the last time that you tried something new? Okay. There. Now I have to tell you that they're they're kind of hard. They're like deep thinkers. But the reason why it's rapid fire is because I want you to like not have too much time to think about it. I just want to hear like the raw like. You know, just what comes up first. Okay. We're trying to expose you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay. so here we go. Who do you sometimes compare yourself to? Oh, uh, Darren. Uh, Another photographer. Other photographers. Okay, other photographers. What's the most sensible thing you've ever heard someone say? The more you suppress yourself at some point, it's going to overflow. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. 
Okay, what gets you excited about life? Uh, what gets me excited about life? Oh, shit. I don't know. Creates art. Creativity. Okay. The, the chance to create. The chance to create. Okay. What is the... Wait, what life lesson did you have to learn the hard way? All money is not good money. Ooh. We will, can we dive back into that later? Like later? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what do you wish you spent more time doing five years ago? Bitch, honing my skill, mm. practicing. Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? Settle for what I know, unfortunately. Hmm. I feel like, okay, it's not about me. Who do you love and what are you doing about it? Who do I love and what am I doing about it? Mm -hmm. And you want this to be rapid fire? Yes. <laughs> Who do I love? I love my family. What am I doing about it? Crying. <laughs> what can you do today that you were not capable of doing a year ago? I can air fry the shit out of a burrito. Hey, that's a skill. <laughs> you can revive some fucking McDonald's fries. Yes. Do you think crying is a sign of weakness or strength? Fundamentally, I think crying is a, is a sign of is a sign of strength. It's a sign of expression. But what it feels like is weakness. Mm. Cuz you're being so vulnerable in yes. the moment and I hate it. Yeah. Fun fact, I've cried one time in the last 3 years. <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. You need to let it go. Let it all go. It's Just hard. It I don't know how. What would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? I think I would dress differently. Hmm. How would you dress? I would definitely take more artistic liberties, I think, with shapes and colors. I don't know, just cause I feel like my body is my first canvas, but at the same time, I have this necessity to be a part of society. I mean, we all that, have to participate in some, right. in some level. Okay, yeah, and the more liberties you take, the more people judge you. Yes. I can see where you're going. I can see where you're coming from. And I envy those who rebel in that way a little bit. Like people who are very fearlessly artistically themselves. It's something that I, I, I wish I had more of. Mm. So. Um, do you, wait, do you, do you celebrate the things that you have? And if yeah. you do, how do you celebrate? First of all, by giving thanks every single day of my existence, because I am definitely struggling, but I am also definitely blessed. So Gratitude. one thing I'm, I'm definitely thankful for the wherewithal to recognize what I've been given. Mm. Okay, what is the difference between living and existing to you? To me, Living is surviving. No, existing is surviving. Mm -hmm. Well, living is, well, I don't know. It's subjective, I think. Because I also think that some people feel like other people aren't living 
according to what they think living is. And I think living is really just being happy with your existence, if that makes mm. sense. Oh, yeah, because like what somebody else thinks your life should be isn't what you might think your life should be. But yeah. you might still be happy. And I wouldn't say that you're just existing. I'd say that you're living your life. Exactly. Like if someone grows up in a convent, someone who's of the world might think this person has a limited existence because they're not really living. All they know is what they've grown up in. Mm-hmm. But if that person is completely happy with their life, with Christ, they are definitely living. I so, agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Living okay. is being happy with your existence. Okay. The next question is, if not now, then when? Now. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Have you done anything lately that you want to remember, like, forever, or that that's really worth remembering in your eyes? Or have you been like the rest of us and, like, been quarantined or just at the house, like, watching WandaVision? <laughs> I've been doing that. The latter. <laughs> um, I have... Well, but I have been honing my 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 skills a lot through the the quarantine. So I think that this is a time that I'm definitely gonna remember because I feel a shift in my artistry right now mm-hmm. um, in this time. So, yeah. Okay, what does your joy look like today? My joy looks like my self-expression, I think. I express, my, my joy is my creation. I feel it. Do you think that it's possible to lie without saying a word? No. 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 So you think you have to like speak the lie? Yes. Because I think everything else is survival. It goes back to survival. I think you're, I think people only perceive silent lies because they are uncomfortable with not knowing the other person's truth. And at the end of the day, the other person's truth is their truth, unless you're speaking the opposite of something that already exists, therefore it being a lie. That's really deep. I was gonna say I disagree with you because I was gonna say that I feel like, I'm one of those people that feel sometimes feel like withholding information can be a type of untruth. However, if you withhold something or you, you know, or, you know, you have like dishonest actions, I feel like that may be like a form of, of a lie or something like that. But I don't know, I guess. I think it's a form, I think it's a form of manipulation. And I think you can distinguish, like, I think we can distinguish like lying from manipulation in that way, in my Mm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if I ask you something and you withheld the truth, I feel like that would be a lie. But in a series of events, <laughs> if you left something out that you didn't necessarily ask for, it is a way of manipulating those events. Mm-hmm. But I, my own personal feeling, I, I, I wouldn't consider that as much of a lie as much as a manipulation. Like, it's not like, oh, you're a liar now. Like, you're a liar. Yeah, right. You're you're conniving. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not a liar. Okay, this is the last question. If you had a friend who spoke to you in the same way 
that you sometimes speak to yourself, how long would you allow this person to be your friend? That is so deep. That's crazy. We would fight. <laughs> we would fight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what kind of things are you saying to yourself? Like, what kind of stuff are you saying to yourself? To where I mean, you're going to beat your own ass. Everyone is their own inner saboteur. And I am no exception. Like, I will, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm the hardest person on myself. So I'm the quickest person to tell myself that I should not have done this. I, I, I would have been better if I had, I don't know. Like, I'm very hard on myself. I become myself stupid. Like, <laughs> like, it's disrespectful. No one is more disrespectful to me than me. I promise you. Well, you have to be kinder to yourself. What the hell? That question made me think, though. That made me realize. Yeah, that was, uh, I told you there were some deep thinkers. I told you. <laughs> that was deep. You better fix me. <laughs> well, we have come to the end of our time. Already? Wow. This was fantastic. And I've been a Pop-Tart the whole time. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is one of my hoodies. I'm wearing one of my hoodies. Plug, plug. Let everybody know where they can, like, Follow up on you, follow up on all things so that you are I'm creating. Um, Stretch.mark on Instagram, uh, mark with a C. Mm -hmm. um, and my website, www.markallendesign.com, mark with a C. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you go to my bio on, on Instagram, stretch.mark, um, that's me. Cool. My uh, links in bio. All links in bio. Lit. So make sure you hit that up. And, and thank you for having me, giving me this chance to like mentally excavate. This is fantastic. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, you guys. Thanks for checking it out. Shout out again to Mark. Make sure you check out his amazing designs. And hopefully you found a gem in our discussion because I know I did. Next week, I'm going to be talking about my experience getting the COVID-19 vaccine and sex work. Stay tuned. <laughs>